Unreal. Uncensored. Unradio. Cliffcentral.com. All about lifestyle, relationships, cause and get. From Cassie to the bird. From Cassie to the bird. Keeping it real on cliffcentral.com. Welcome to it. It's another episode of Black Life right here on cliffcentral.com. And that happens every Thursday morning at 11 till 12 o'clock. I am here in the studio with my colleague and good friend who's looking rather... Dapper today, Monobisi. How are you doing, my friend? Hello, T Money. What's up, guy? What's happening? I like the new haircut, man. The whole look, you know. Swagalicious. Like, swagalicious. Are you are you going on a date? No, no, no. I'm. I was going to look for. I'm actually looking for money. Oh, so that's, that's the that's how you look when you're looking for money. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You need you, to you, clean up. You, you clean know? up. You get a haircut. There we go. There we you go. You shave your face. There we go. We don't want to scare sh- the white people now, do we? You you. Sh- you shower and everything. Ah, I'm so proud shower, of you. Brother. Take a shower, brother. Well, it's good to have you, Monabisi. What's been happening in your week? Good to have you, brother. Uh, <laughs> baby you. daddy, busy man. Almost baby media. daddy. Any day now, dog. Yeah, well, Any so, day now. So, so in other words, you'll be coming into our league. I'll be, you know that, but we've been talking you know? about this. And you know, every every week we've got to talk about something uh, fatherhood related. Um, what's happening in your world as a father this this week? Well, well, Miss baby is not sleeping. sleeping. She's, she's not sleeping. She's yeah? teething a lot. Okay. Oh, yeah. um, it's that time. But she smiles a lot. And, oh, okay, um, that always helps, eh? And she's starting to test boundaries now. I mean, at nine months, she's mm-hmm. testing, you know, whether to pull the plug on the TV, and then she'll look at me and she'll think, uh, "Would Daddy approve of that?" You know, so so mm-hmm. it's it's a testing game now. I'm sure you you one day you get there and you'll understand, and uh, we'll give you notes when you get there, obviously. Definitely, you know, I remember what we spoke about with our last guest uh, the last time we we're talking about fatherhood with Mr. Wilkinson. Yeah, Craig. And uh, Craig, and and you know, uh, when it comes to testing boundaries. Uh, how do you deal with it when she can't talk to say, listen, no, baby, I'm very disappointed in you. You're going to go to the naughty corner. Yeah. Well, well, at the moment, there is no uh, naughty you know, corner. There is no naughty corner and there is no no at the moment. So ah. what you, you don't teach your child uh, what not to do. You rather spend your energy on teaching them what to do. So, wow. so you give them options. This guy's so, throwing gems here. Yeah, man. Uh, new fathers, if you're listening, yeah, please. Yeah, yeah, yeah. New uh, book coming in. out after Dumisha's. Uh, after what, my reality show? Yeah, after your reality <laughs> show. I'm listening myself. I'm like, okay, I'm taking it in. So, you don't tell them what not to do. Rather yeah. show them the positive things that you they should do yeah, instead. Bro, affirmation. Well, we've got a jam-packed show today. We're going to be talking Amazing. style tips because today is all about bikers for Nelson Mandela. Any day now, in fact, on the 18th of July is Nelson Mandela Day. And uh, we've got a lady, a very special lady in the studio. We're going to introduce her to, we're going to, introduce her to you in just a moment. But not yet, Mona BC. I know okay. you like to jump the gun. Okay. Because okay. I want to tell the people what's, what else is coming up on the show today. We've got uh, motoring. Like I said, we've got style tips. We've got fabulous gadgets that uh, if you have a car and you want to check the diagnostics, listen up because there's a, there's a new app that can help you check diagnostics. And, of course, yeah, what to do on Mandela Day mm. apart from... Uh, Having a nice picnic, a braai, and drinking too many beers. Uh, but before you do that, you know, you can do something for only 67 minutes uh, and make sure that you're doing something for this beautiful nation of ours. What has happened during the week that has been interesting? I don't know. This week has just c- kind of gone by in a blur. I, I, think, been like, I think for me the highlight was the Prasa thing. And now it's coming out that the engineers that uh, actually work for Prasa 
mm-hmm. aren't qualified or don't belong to the qualified Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. They're, they're, they're not part of the engineering um, certification correct, board. Correct. That whole thing. So for yeah. me, that was a highlight to say, but we've got these amazing trains. Mm. And but apparently, they were told that those trains should not even be the ones that were bought, and we bought trains worth billions of rands, yeah. and now they they're not really going to work. But you know. In, in lieu of what happened in Greece lately, yeah. um, and basically what happened in Greece is the government was spending money badly yeah, yeah, to the yeah. point where Greece became bankrupt. Are you not? Because I got a little bit worried that if we carry on like this, just spending billions and billions and then saying, oh, sorry, so-and-so, you know, you shouldn't have done that. Don't you worry that maybe we might get to a point where now, like, literally we're owned by the rest of Africa because we owe maybe Mugabe some money. Uh, well, let's put it this way. I can't wait to hear our our guests' feedback on on, <laughs> on the state of the nation. Well, we did and say how that. We're, we're, we're driving. Anyway, we'll just, yeah. I, I'm, I'm getting too excited. We did say we're going to steer, steer clear of, of being too political. But I think it's important that people should really look inside of themselves and understand what it is that they want yeah. to see, where they want to see this this country going what kind of changes they want and be that change that they want to see themselves i think you know what we can go right ahead and introduce our, our guest right away finally go ahead oh that's fantastic i'm very well thank welcome. you welcome we've Fire got the donkey. one and only zelda onseta anar bura macy and the studio metons uh and senamas Harnam, sorry. Oh. I'm getting it all wrong. Yeah, you know, yeah. you know, with black people, there's no he or she, Bandu. right? Zelda? Yes, yeah. you are, you are, I know, but you are trying at least, okay? You are trying. <laughs> Zelda Lagrange. Is that how you pronounce it? Lagrange, Lagrange. It depends South, where you are. Depend, exactly. It depends okay. where you are. In South Africa, most people pronounce it Lagrange. Okay. Um, and because we can do the ch sound also in South Africa. You right, know, other right, people right. Can't. And then um, when I go abroad and I try and order a room service and I say Lagrange, they say, what? <laughs> so, Sorry, man, abroad, I didn't get that. Ab- abroad, I'm known as Lagrange. Lagrange. Yeah. Lagrange. <laughs> I like that. All right, Miss Lagrange. Um, you <laughs> Can know. Can I go with Lagrange? Okay, Lagrange. Yeah. Lagrange. I also like that, actually. Oh. I like, I like the sound of it. Well, so. let's, let's actually just kick it off. Like, let's just get to it. Yeah. Bikers for Nelson Mandela Day. What's that all about? Well, to me, sure, a few years ago, well, actually six years ago, 2010, um, a colleague of mine, Celo Hatting, who is now the f- uh, CEO of the Nelson Mandela Foundation, we sat in the office and, and, and in the beginning of the year and thought, what can we do for Mandela Day that's different? And I ride motorbikes. I've always been a motorbiker. I like my motorbike. Um, but just, you know, for social and so on. And I decided, well, let me com- try and combine um, my passion for motorbiking with mm. Mandela Day. Mm. So that's how it was all born. And Salo came on the first ride. And I think we've scared him so much. He's climbing a mountain this year. He's not going on the <laughs> bike ride again. Yeah. Um, but, but there's so much goodwill amongst bike riders. You know, mot- yeah. the, the, the toy run annually is one of the biggest charitable events in South Africa. And um, also then Because I'm the I'm the patron Of the First for Women Foundation um, You know That gives me a reason To try and do something To, okay. to promote um, the, the women's work For First for, for Women as well Okay so Bikers for Nelson Mandela Do you guys raise awareness Or do you raise money For charities Not money at all Okay no, so I've never And I don't want to so touch clear, money clear it Clear it I don't take money And I don't raise money We don't I don't even accept money If okay. someone wants to give money You know They must give it directly To a charity um, because you know what happens once yeah. you start right. accepting money, it becomes you know there's always trouble. So um, what we do is we get the sponsorship from first, the First for Women Foundation now, right? And um, then we align our projects 
um, to the First for Women Foundation's trust deed. What do they want us to do? They want us to to uh, attend to uh, gender-based violence issues. So okay. that's how, ah, we, okay. why, why we, okay. how we select the project. So it's right. in line with that. And then um, the First for Women Foundation also make uh, donations to these charities directly. Okay. Um, and there's a model we we use. We try not to overspend on overheads because then it defeats of the course. purpose. You know, a lot of charities actually just have overheads more That's than the, the actual spend on. Oh, and look who's just arrived look in the studio. I suck. I suck. Because I just tweeted, you know, I couldn't have coffee because it <laughs> takes up all the space. Yeah. Are you allowed on you know the what? show? I'm not allowed Gareth, on the show. Get out. You're not. I'm sorry. But, ma'am, I brought you this. You are the best. Ah, no, you I'm the best. Because I'm the best. I'm the best white. I'm the best white tea girl in the world. Yeah, you're Sugar? our tea girl. No, no, That's how we roll. Just like that. Yeah. Perfect. There we go. Like, like Julius was going on about about uh, what's her name? Being a tea girl. We got our own tea girl here, and his name is Gareth Cliff. That's how we roll. That's how hardcore we are. I loved your show last week. Uh, that was with Danielle. Oh, yeah. It was you. really, really thank interesting. It was uh, awesome. Well, the boss liked it. Then I'm very so happy. So do we keep our jobs for another week, <laughs> boss man? Well, you've got Zelda on this week. How the hell are you going to do better next week? Oh, oh no uh, I don't know. So are you biking? Yes, of course. Mm. When am I going to get you to go with us, please? Me on a bike? No, you don't have to go on the bike. You, you, you just go with range. us. Yeah. We look after you. Okay. Well, when I, I mean, it's time, you know. Yeah, it's time. I've been asking him for six years, okay? Six so, years. Yeah. Come on, get it together, Gary. find it very difficult to say no to her. Yeah. Me too. Okay, yeah. so we're on to something at least, yeah. 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 Zelda, can you tell everyone how you Thanks, drink Gary. your coffee? Black and bitter. Oh, <laughs> baby. That <laughs> Oh, baby. We just love you already. <laughs> All right, all right, okay. Let's get back to the damn show. Yeah. Uh, listen. So you're raising awareness, which is which is really great for um well against I suppose women abuse mm. and children abuse. Yeah. Mm. Shout out to First for Women. And shout out to First for Women Absolutely. for that as well. Absolutely. I think it's really important. I mean that uh, in this country at the moment we have serious social issues when it comes mm. to that. Why do you think that that is so much now? Uh, was it always there? You think maybe in the in the 60s, 70s and 80s it was always there but it wasn't spoken about or is it as a result of our maybe violent past and everything else that has now become more? To me, sure, I think it's a combination of all of that. Okay. Um, and I think because of people's frustration, because of the you know, circumstances people live in, it's yeah. become worse. Okay. Um, so so definitely, yes, the, the history also. Um, uh, I, I read the other day a most beautiful quote that um, when people have lived on a diet of content for their entire lives, you know, you see this kind of violence coming out. Yeah. Um, so, and I think society has just changed, and we haven't kept up psychologically to yeah. the changes. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, yes, it's more, and it's um, we hear more about it, and we're actually going to the Southern Cape this year, and. I think two or three weeks ago, there were two toddler, uh, well, uh, young girls, uh, uh, um, six-year-olds, murdered mm. in the Kleinbrock sure. yeah. area. Um, why does this happen in a society where we're supposed to look after these children? Yeah. You know? yeah. So, I mean, uh, according to African culture and tradition, every person in the village is supposed to have a name. Hence, yeah. we're not supposed to have orphans. But yet, we're seeing more and more that the modern African reality is very far from mm. what we've had as what we believe in culturally, and and it's men perpetrating. These horrible, horrible crimes when men are supposed to be the protectors. What do you think we as men can do? How, how, what conversations do we need to be having with each other? 
I think first of all about self-respect because I believe personally um, that if you have enough self-respect, you wouldn't harm another human mm-hmm. being. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and and that's what I also witnessed with Madiba for so many years is that your self-respect is actually the most important thing. So what to what level are you willing to go? Right. Um, you know, to protect that that uh, or to make sure that you don't damage your own self-respect. Um, but as I said again, yeah, definitely we have to have that conversation. We have to have the sexual conversation. Unfortunately, um, I know that in the African tradition, it's not, it's not, it's not a custom that you speak about these things very openly. Yeah. And yeah. Um, especially, you know, when we had the uh, the first uh, uh, that big crisis when government refused to give uh, antiretrovirals to to people, uh, we had this conversation with religious and traditional leaders, and and we tried to encourage them. Of course, when I say we, Madiba, I mean him actually. Um, try to encourage people to be more open about you know the sexual con- conversations yeah. and um, also the psychological so- side of it. We we need to talk about these things. Well, you know, I'm, I think that's a very yeah. interesting point to start off when when it comes to sexuality. Um, in South Africa, I think we don't talk about sexuality. You know, you go to a place like Amsterdam and it's in your face. Yeah. Uh, and seemingly sexual crime, and, and, you know, this is obviously a layman's interpretation. I, I can't say that I'm 100% right about this, but it seems to be much less yeah. in a country where sexuality is very open and, I mean, it's literally in the street. Do, do you think that because we suppress this sexuality that is normal, that is within us, that we have, it comes out in very distorted and ugly ways? I do think so, yes. Yes, mm. I, that's my personal opinion as well. I'm also not an expert on this, but I do think so. Mm. If you mm. speak more openly about things, you know, you it's easier to talk and to also address issues around that. Yeah. So, um, yes, definitely. Okay. And I suppose, I mean, this, this, uh, this, you know, being free as so as, as it is, you know, being a democratic nation and everything else. Do you think that maybe the other thing is that? Afri- black African men sometimes feel like this freedom kind of passed them over and it was given to black African women because if you look at business and that sort of thing, women are more empowered now than actually, I suppose, even African men were and it, and it creates some sort of tension within the home or am I just talking twak? <laughs> I'll have to take your word on that. First, I'm thinking, I'm thinking, okay, how do I, think, what, what is my view on this? Because A, I'm not a man, B, I'm not black. Not, this, yeah, is yeah, yeah, this, is, this is a tough one. Okay, okay well, okay, l- l- let's not get you to feel too uncomfortable, but I think that is a worthwhile uh, conversation to have and say, okay, you know, maybe that's something that people are feeling out there. I, I certainly believe that I think people are feeling that sometimes that, mm. Some of these issues, especially if you think of sexual crime as being a crime of power, people, men, might feel disempowered and they take it out on, I suppose, people who are physically weaker than them, but who they think are more empowered. Oh, am I just going on a whole thing by myself here, Mona BC? You're just your mum. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to, I'm trying to put it in a, uh, I'm trying to let's, let's talk it. about it. Let's get it out there. Yeah. yeah. Let's, let's, let's uh, say what we, what we think. At least we, we, we're speaking about. It. I think that's important. Yeah. Uh, uh, Zelda, for me, the, the, the key is, you know, there's, there's real life situations. Okay. So you probably will hear about them. Like the two, the two young girls that, mm. that get, you know, that got, well, you know, we, we know what happened. Yeah. Um, how do you deal with those circumstances and how do you tackle even issues where you're going? So for example, the, 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 the places that you're going to be visiting, 
right you're going to have stopovers you're going to mm. speak to various people uh how do, how do we address these things like how do we really take the gloves off and say guys this is not a woman or man problem it's not a black and white problem it's a problem we have and we need to sort it out and and like what the, what is the impact thereof um let me tell you that the first thing we're trying to do is, um, I don't, I'm sure you know of the Blow the Whistle campaign. Yes. Mm-hmm. yes. So we are handing out, in all the communities we go to, we're handing out whistles from First for Women. Right. Um, we're giving women their voices back, and that's, that, that includes young girls. Okay, so we this are, is for women. This is for women. Okay. And what we're going to do is we're going to explain to them. Right. Because what we also found over the, the last three years, because um, First for Women has been, been involved for, for the last three years, what we also found is there's, 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 there's two problems. Um, people are not aware of the centers in their own community. Where do I go if I feel yeah. unsafe tonight? Yeah. Where do yeah. I go if in my own house rape or, yeah. or uh, abuse, abuse happens? happens. Right. Yeah. What do I do? People don't know in their communities. Right. The second thing is that people focus so much on only once you become a victim. And mm. the focus should actually be on creating healthy family life. Okay. Yeah. So what we'll do wow. is to blow the whistle, first of all, to explain to people in the community, don't abuse this whistle. Don't just blow it for the fun. Right. When you are in danger, children should walk with these whistles all the time. Right. When you are in dan- feel in danger, blow the whistle. Um, and then secondly, also in Nisna, for instance, we, we're talking um, to the community. We've worked with the community over the last couple of months they're bringing together everyone in the Chris Harney Center in Eisenhower on the 19th and we're going to speak to them sorry on Mandela Day the 18th and we're going to speak to them and say to them you are as a community responsible for happy family lives as well but it starts in your own house Um, so we can look for solutions everywhere and try and do what we want but if you as a person don't want to take that responsibility to build a happy family um, or a healthy family rather um, you know there's very little one can do. Mm. Okay. And I think um, what, what I like about this is that it's about prevention first and foremost. So mm. like like Mona BC actually was saying when we started the show, instead of telling your kids what not to do or society what not to do, show them what to do exactly. to build a better society. And I think that's really important. Um, but you know, sometimes I think to myself with the whistles and with all these things do you guys not worry about vigilantism? Um, as a man, sometimes I, I get so frustrated with the situation. I think to myself, if I ever find a rapist, man, I will take my time hurting this guy and making sure that he will never even think about it. In fact, he probably won't even survive it. And, and, I, and, I, and, I, and then I have to go back because I think to myself, but that's kind of like taking the law into my own hands and so on and so forth. Um, how, how do we get around that where you have a balance of men being there to do something about the situation but not becoming vigilantes. I think that's very difficult. Um, I, I also, I can always, always imagine, um, I mean, I don't have children, but if something happened to my child, um, how I would have felt, and I would probably would want to take the law into my own hands. Can as I well. just correct you? You, you, you're a mother of a nation. So well, I, I think, I think, I think we'd like to correct that, that Zelda doesn't have any kids. Maybe <laughs> biological to, kids. She just didn't have to go through the labor pains. Yeah. Listen, I, I have got children, but I pray for their parents every night. I'm <laughs> 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 Case something happened to their parents and I have to take them. Um, this is a very difficult issue that we that need to be addressed. But as you said, uh, prevention is better. You know, try and speak to people and trying to restore men's 
uh, dignity as well and try and restore men's pride as well so that they do not feel that they need to um, take matters into their own hands to, to try and get revenge. Mm. Um, there's so many things that can be done um, to me sure and I also believe that, that uh, the, pov- the, the problem of the severe poverty in which most I was South about Africa, to get to that one as well. It's a recipe for this kind it's of disaster. It's a recipe for disaster. Look, it, do- it doesn't mean that it doesn't happen in the more affluent neighborhoods. Absolutely. It certainly does. But mm. I think the biggest thing is that a lot of these communities are very poor communities mm. and the men are there every single day not going out and feeding their families and i think that would take a knock on me personally if as a man i wouldn't i wasn't able to provide for my family in any way. i didn't even have an idea of what mm. to do because we all sit back and say well you know if this thing didn't work out you know heck if i have to become a waiter i'll become a waiter but i think the, the severe poverty that some of these people are facing is they can't even do that. They don't even have the skills. To, they don't even have a, 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 a money for a taxi to go and ask for employment somewhere. Um, and, and it's a tough one because That's we're delving into something that I don't even know how to start fixing. Yes, there. but I, th- I, th- I think personally, you know, something like um, food security is something that one needs to look at supporting. If you're looking for something to support for Mandela Day, do that. Um, help people with uh, with making sure that, that the children and communities are properly fed. Um, I think that is that is the, the issue or the the cause of many problems, um, so, uh, social problems in South Africa is this poverty. And I cannot imagine, and I think very few of us can imagine what it's really like to be hungry and to what extent you go and to what extent your frustration levels go if yeah, you are that, yeah. if you are hungry. I'm sorry. Mm. So mm. it doesn't condone, uh, you know, rape and abuse and so on, but no, how right. do you, how do you, how do you get people to, to, to flourish, um, in, in society as normal? With normal behavior almost, I want to say. Yeah, without, without uh, with taking that. care of the, the yes. issues of the stomach. Mm. But nonetheless, I mean, you started somewhere in life before you uh, worked for Madiba. And, and growing up, what was Zelda like when you were in school, when you were in high school, let's say? What, what were your hopes and dreams? First of all, where did you grow up? Uh, in the north of Pretoria, very conservative. What, community. what part of the north of Pretoria? Cineville. Oh, Cineville. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, yeah, I grew yeah. up in the north of Pretoria as well, but that was like the north north, Soshanguve. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not far now, yeah, but you had to go, to go to my community, you need a passport. So, yeah, um, yeah. It was terrible. <laughs> um, um, yeah, in the north of Pretoria, I was a, I was a diligent, uh, child, um, but a bit of a nerd, I think. I mm-hmm. didn't really have boyfriends. I, you I just was, wanted to study and get I, your life together. Not really study even, <laughs> you know, I wanted, to, I wanted to organize. And I've, oh. I, my ambition for life was to marry and to get to have children. Of course, that marry rich. It. Not, not, not even necessarily. necessarily. No, uh, you know, we had a middle class uh, upbringing. It, we went really rich. Yeah. Um. Mm. So middle class in in comparison to other people. But um. No, I wasn't. Money is as I'm very lucky that money has never been a driving force. Right. So, right. Um, it's it's quite interesting. I mean, you come from a place like Sinoville, and I know Sinoville. Uh, you know, quite well from growing up, and it was always those areas where it was like, "Whoa, be careful when you go there; anything can happen." You mm-hmm. know, it mm-hmm. was a very tough, very conservative, I'd say even quite racist neighborhood. Absolutely. Um, and then, you know, you have these ambitions and dreams of having a family. How did you end up going from being this this kid in school to actually being the first democratically elected president's PA? 
interesting story and jump. also it also <laughs> and it also still I mean I some days I wake up and I think to myself how did this happen this yeah. was the yeah. most unlikely thing ever to happen but yes grew up in that racist society exactly as you described it there and um only I only really learned what Madiba was all about and what the liberation struggle was all about the day after I met him mm. two weeks into into my job um at the presidency and as you know uh, people like to point out I'm a typist so I was a typist in his office in yeah. 1994 never thought that a typist would meet the president but I started working hard the day after I met him because I also felt responsible and guilty for what my people did uh, to him. So mm. that's really how it all started and, and he noticed that commitment and dedication and from there our relationship grew and evolved and that's how I ended up working with him. Sure. I mean he was a great man, no doubt. Uh, you know, just look at some of the quotes he's put out there but also what he's done for the country. But I'm sure he was also just a man. So he was a normal, ordinary guy. What was he like to work for I mean, did he did he ever get like upset if things weren't done on time? Was he a normal boss, or was he always like extremely patient yeah. and like Zelda? No. You know, yeah. you didn't do your work properly, but I forgive you. He knew who he could be <laughs> impatient with. He he knew um, he knew that when he was stubborn, that I would understand it somehow, and I would uh, I would do something about it. But yeah, he, he he was a he was obviously the best boss and the kindest human being to work for, and I. Um, I very much miss his sense of humor and, 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 and that he had a very sharp sense of humor. Extremely. What kind of, what, 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 was he like one of those dry sense of humor yes, types? Totally. Oh, okay. And, 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 um, not with the intention to be funny, but every, you know, things yeah, were normally yeah. very funny because he would see things from such a different perspective okay. always. So he could make jokes about almost anything. Um, and just with his, with his choice of words, um, you know, how he would describe people, uh, that would, that, that would be very funny. Uh, but he was a difficult boss also. He was a bit of a slave driver. He used to work. Really? Yeah, 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 no, for sure. Because he was very disciplined. Uh, yeah, I mean, he gets up at four in the morning. Yeah. Does and exercise, whatever, and then stays up till the wee hours of the morning. And I suppose he expects that from everyone else because yes, he can do it. Yes, and he would call it two o'clock in the morning. And um, No ways. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, when he was president, always called at two o'clock in the morning. And then he would say, please remind me tomorrow morning to do this and this and that in the middle of the night. Would you uh, pick up? That's the thing. Um, I had good colleagues that worked with me at the presidency and they were You have to pick up. It's the president calling. No, not, not necessarily. Dude, my time. Those, those, um, those, my, my colleagues and you know, yeah. my peers were all had families and children and husbands and so mm. on. They had dependents. It wasn't easy to be woken up at two o'clock in the morning and then wake up again at whatever hour to, uh, to drop uh, your kids uh, and so on. Uh. So I was always the one that answered the phone. No he, way. He would call everyone until he got hold of someone. And, and when, then, when you pick up the phone 50 times at two o'clock in the morning, that person is going to keep on calling you. Yeah. That's how I ended up working. That's but why. But that's a I little bit unfair because let's be honest, my was a lot older then and I know as you get older as a man you don't need to sleep that much you know that you just like he was probably an insomnia no, but, 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 uh, <laughs> Zelda how do you how do you now say okay Mr. President do you realize it's 2 o'clock in the morning why don't you just make voice notes or write something down oh uh, no and he I'll wasn't technologically remember I mean if you said to him that exactly that word voice notes he would look yeah, at come you on. like there, there wasn't even no, cell phones like, to make voice no, notes like, then man like he's the president he can get any gadget in the world I mean, there wasn't no gadgets like that then pick up the phone next to your bed and press the numbers and then someone Oh, just to to, to sleep and he probably knew your number off by heart. Yes, yes. I have a very easy cell phone number because um, the the cell cell phone pr- um, provider gave me an easy number so he could remember it. Wow. Sure, sure, sure. So, um, is there anything that irritated you about the president? Let's get real. <laughs> 
let's get real. Um, he also he knew, you know. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, <laughs> I'm a. No be- nonsense. I can just. See I'm it. a no nonsense person. Yes, but he appreciated that, um, because he needed that. He needed someone to be disciplined and to be punctual and to yeah. keep time and to keep the discipline and, um, someone who was not going to be worried about her, pop- uh, her popularity, but rather get the job done. Right. Um, and it was very difficult for me, but he also knew that, you know, if I if I was uh, dealing with something on his behalf, that I had his best interest at heart. So yeah. he trusted me for that, and um, it was difficult sometimes for me when he uh, when he, when he decided, oh no no, he'll just override that decision. Um, that was very difficult for me then. So that irritated. So you it just irritated me, yes, but not in a nasty way. Yeah, you know, yeah. it was it frustrating. Rather. Hold on, yeah, yeah, because yeah. you've made this decision, yes, and now somebody, well. Deservedly in a higher position, of course, would not tell decide you. Actually, not. I don't want to do, do it that, that way. I do it that. No, way. let me give you a good example. We would all decide, and then it's not only me now because I wasn't the only person that took decisions around uh, around my Dubai. He had advisors, he had his wife, and so on. So everyone had an input, right? But then we all decide, like one man, no, he's not going somewhere, and then someone else would come and get to him and say to him and conv- convince him to actually travel. Yeah, and th- that would make me very angry. Okay, sure. But here's the thing. You said you didn't start out as uh, a stickler for discipline and all those things. You know yourself, you were, you were a bit of a nerd, you said, but you weren't a hardworking nerd. Were, did, did the influence that Madiba had on you, is that what turned you into this stickler for discipline and things must be done right? Because I, I, I've known that you're the kind of person who, if it's six o'clock, you're there at exactly, mm-hmm. like Polly, a minute, In, two yeah. minutes to six. I mean, you don't, you don't, you never arrive too early or, or late ever. Is, is that something that, that, that happened? I think I was kind of brought up like that as well. Oh, okay. And, you know, it's, uh, I'm from a family where both my father and my mother are, they are both, uh, obsessive compulsive. Ah. So I am, of course, as well. <laughs> obsessive but, compulsive. But, as but, well. you know, five minutes to be five minutes late was always acceptable until I got late into a plane one morning when the president was supposed to fly from Pretoria to Cape Town. And he said to me without saying good morning, or anything he said to me that is the last time you were ever late what and I promise you that is the last time in my life I was ever late it drives me insane to be late what mm. Zelda no. when was this was, was 1995 that is the last time you are ever late yes just like that exactly <laughs> it was it was you know you, when I, you're, I would also when not be late again you need that I'm no, going to tell I'm you shocked. like that next time on ABC. He, Actually, he, you know what? Too, he believed that, that um, to be on time and to be punctual is a, is a matter of respect because um, who, who defines what is the value of your time sure. in comparison to the value of my time? And he right. felt that at that age, he's a president. He could always be on time. Why mm. can't you be on time? So he was... He was <laughs> I need some Madiba in Yo, my life. This is heavy, eh? man. This yeah. is heavy. No. So the, I've got this burning question that a lot of people have been asking us. Dude. You know, there's there's the movie Invictus, mm. right? There's, there's there's a scene. You're gonna go there. Yes, yes, okay. yes. Who played you in Invictus, by the way? I wasn't. I was typing in Invictus. Remember, or during but, the time in Invictus. Now, did you no play a cameo? Like, no one played you. I mean. Mm-mm. I they saw. Couldn't, they I couldn't actually find an American actress. <laughs> no, no, there was no role for the typist, please. <laughs> if, if someone had to play, who would you want to play? But we're going to get to your to Invictus question. I don't know, but that person needs to develop a weight problem immediately. <laughs> <laughs> would you prefer it if it was an, a South African actress or uh, a Hollywood star? No, that's it. I, I, I don't know. I, to make sure, I don't even think about these things. <laughs> I feel sorry. Right. I, just, I'm I feel sorry for that Cause, person. Because I'm going to ask a, a couple of questions about. That later, you go ahead. You go okay. ahead. Yeah, question. Okay. In fact, let's go here. Mm. So the, there's there's uh, there's a, a part in our show mm. where we say, 
Uh, but you're going to ask about Invictus. What yeah, happened? I will. I will. I will. Oh. I will. I will. Okay. I will. We'll branch. We'll, we'll okay. package all right, it all. All right. Cool. So we want to know more about Zelda. Mm. Right. You, you, now you wrote a book. Mm. Good morning, Mr. Mandela. Now the, there's been a lot of mixed bags about the book. You know, different receptors to say maybe your version or the. How do you? How did you get to that point where you fe- you felt the need to to explain where you were coming from? Because a lot of people wanted to hear from you. Especially, mm. especially when when things started going south, mm. you know, with the illness and everything. How did you deal with that? And is was the book a way for you to to kind of, you know, say your goodbyes? Because you you also kept the distance, also, yes. and we noticed the distance mm. when, when it was it sort of like everyone was going to to Zelda and saying, "What would Madiba do now? Yeah. Tell us." Yeah. Mm. Mm. I, I wasn't planning on writing a book. I always said I would never write a book about Madiba and my book is still not about Madiba yes. now. Yes. So that's the first thing. Secondly, um, I thought, I knew all this criticism was going to come the day I, I put pen on paper. Sure. But then in 2009, I realized, you know what? I am starting to forget stuff. Um, I, I can't remember what happened over that 16, 17 years at that time right. um, of my life because, because you become older, of course, you become forgetful and I never kept notes. Right. So I started downloading all my, all my memory. Uh, on computer at night and, and that ended up being um, about 500,000 words that's not a book that's like an encyclopedia I was just about okay. to say cheapest Google wouldn't handle that and I would never ever publish that but then a journalist friend of mine one of my best friends she actually read it um, I also gave Gareth, Gareth a piece to read by the way <laughs> but she then read it and she said you know what you've got an obligation to tell the world the good story right and mm. um, the real good story so I could have done one of two things I could have written uh, tell all books yeah. Which was going to make me very, very rich Stinking um, rich Exactly Or I could have written the good story Which I did And and really it is People need to learn from me And they need to learn from Adiba even more Right It's just my perspective Right I'm not pretending in the book to be um, you know, the only one that was of importance around Madiba. I write those things and I explain it in detail. Right. Um, but my experience is very unique because of the time I've spent with him and that I needed to share with people as well and share the person I knew. Right. How strange is that, that actually if you had written a tell-all book that was negative about Madiba, you would have actually been quite rich, which is the reality of, mm. of the world as it is right now. But if you write a story that, as you say, can help us all, in, even in our personal lives, mm. okay, then it tends to be like, oh, she wrote a nice story. Well, nothing we can do about that. Uh, mm. No movie we're going to make something. about that. Mm. Right? People will always look for something. That's a, I think that's quite an indictment of our society in yeah. general. Not just South Africa. I think the whole world. Mm. That for, for someone like yourself to to become financially, and let me not say rich, but financially well off from your own experience, it has to be negative. You mm. know, mm. Um, In America, if someone wrote a book because they used to be uh, JFK's um, PA, I suppose either way, even if it wasn't a bestseller around the world, they mm. would have they would have been financially secure Absolutely. forever. In Absolutely. South Africa, you write a story about yourself, mm. but as someone who worked for Madiba, the biggest icon to come out of this continent, mm. and it, it does well enough, but mm. you know you didn't come in a limousine. No, and the thing is also that um, you know my my the trust that Madiba invested in me yeah. is the biggest honor of my life, and mm. I will never ever betray that trust. Mm. I can talk about other people, I can talk about Tamisha and say. You know, he did this and this and that one day. But, but as far as Madiba, um, yeah, but you did it. But <laughs> as far as it concerns Madiba, you know, there's a trust relationship yeah. that I'll protect yeah. to the day of my death. Yeah. So 
know, um, and uh, that's not worth any money in the world. Speaking yeah. about that, have, have people tried to use that relationship, uh, especially negatively? Have they tried to use you to be the voice of something because you know you're Zelda Lachranchi and you were right next to Madiba, so politically we can use you to, yes, to tell our story. Course. I'm sure, Absol- right? Absolutely, yes. Yeah. Um, they have, and I thought after his passing that they would stop doing it, but they still do. I, I can um, imagine. The one thing I have to remind myself about more than anything else is that um, Madiba appreciated my independent thinking, my right. my independence. Right. In 19 years, he never sat me down and asked me, so who did you vote for and who are you going to vote for and mm. what is your political sure. view on mm. anything? Sure. We had conversations about politics in general and about policy and so on and about people, of course, but um, never forced me to, to think in a particular right. uh, uh, um, uh, direction. He could see my own mind evolving and we spoke about these things very openly and we, I had a lot of respect, obviously, for him, but he also had respect for my views. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, speaking about sure. policies and that sort of thing, what do you think, Madiba? I mean, you guys, you were there. You were, you were part of the Doesn't discussion. Get better, baby. You, front you had a front row seat. row seat, right? And you knew the policies that were being written 20 years ago, uh, 18 years ago, 15 years ago, I suppose. Um, how do you think those policies are affecting us now positively and negatively in this country? In, in, in Afrikaans, I, I can't think of a, of a, of a, Say it in English. Things are very democratic at the moment. Yeah, yeah. Um, things are very different it's at the moment. Down. Yeah, to, to what I, to what I, to what I, um, believed, you know, the country could be. Yeah. Um, but also, you, you can't just, I can't just say that. I have to also say that I've also seen the good that's been achieved in mm. the country. Yeah. Um, the privileges I've had to, to travel to the most rural areas in South Africa has, has opened my eyes to what has been achieved. Yeah. Um, and I'm one of a few people that can really with balance saying that uh, or, or, or make a statement and it's in really a balanced statement to say things are not the way we're supposed to, to be right mm-hmm. now 20 yeah. years later but you know don't ignore the good that's been achieved right, as right. well right Zelda I, I did some homework on wait 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 I want to ask a tough question on that before we go there okay mm. tough question Zelda tough question time do you think that a lot of people are saying well not a lot but some people there's there's, there's people saying um, that some of the policies that Madiba allowed for us to have back then mm. for us to have the freedom and not go into a civil war kind of Betrayed. Ha- betrayed us economically mm. in mm. that we gave away too much. Do you, mm. do, you, do you really? And I mean, obviously, this is just your personal opinion, and I don't want people calling up and saying blah blah yeah, blah. And they're calling mm. already. And they're the calling already. But but I mean, basically, do, do you think that there was anything that could have been done differently in terms of those policies that would have helped us have a better? Economy, especially for the poor, you know, addressing mm-hmm. the poor, because uh, straight after that, there was a time where, you know, especially after when Mbeki took over, where we seem to be doing well, but also at the same time, things like BE were addressing a few connected people and, and to this day it still is and and it's a contentious issue some people don't agree with it some people do but do you think that there could have been something different that we could have done back then a policy perhaps if you look back in retrospect because hindsight is always the best sight mm. to say you know what maybe if we had changed that clause yes remember we had the RDP um, initiative policy yeah. uh, mm. after 1994 that was replaced by gear Mm. Gear was replaced by the NDP. Uh, uh, NDP. Yes. So you know, the the fact that we haven't had one policy that we could carry over twenty years uh-huh. is, I believe, the, where the problem the is. Problem. Yeah, we, we we change all the time because yeah. we don't know where we're going, and it's it's it's. Um, I think that that that's a big problem. Yeah. Um, but also, again, to put that in balance, we have to we have to remember that um, twenty years is not a long time. Mm. Uh, we could have done things differently because hindsight is always better, as you say. Yeah. But also. 
because I remember we were on the brink of civil war after the death of Chris Hani. Yeah. Um, and and um, Madiba realized that if we do not fix the healing of this country first, and if mm. we do not unite people first, we're going to burn down that this place. Mm. Um, all of us, you know, white, black, everyone was going yeah. to burn down this place. So what would have what would a better economic policy then have meant uh, meant mm. to us? Mm. I suppose. I mean, you're right. And, and Madiba, in hindsight, looking back. We forget how volatile the situation mm. was at mm. that time. I remember with Chris Hani's um, actual funeral, and 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 even with Kodesa and and you know um, Madiba publicly criticizing uh, Declare for mm. the third force yes. that was out there. And you look back and you think, okay, like you say, twenty years is not that long, but it's better that we're still alive and we can tell the story now and we can actually go back in hindsight. If these policies and that, then nobody was doing anything. You know, we were all, we're gone. Like yes. this country had burnt mm. or we were trying to rebuild now after 20 years. Maybe now would be the time that we're just trying to like put up a few buildings again. And we ended up like so many other countries post liberation. Look, I think you'll agree with me that um, corruption is a big problem. It's not, mm. we don't have really have a money problem in South Africa. Um, we have a huge corruption problem and Things can be fixed with the money at hand. It just needs to be managed better. Yeah. And I think that's what Praveen Gordon is, well, Minister Praveen Gordon is, is, is trying to do and achieve. And I, I'm sure he'll do a good job at that. But um, there's, there's lots to be done. And I will mm. not ever deny that we have not transformed economically fast enough in this country because mm. of the, the, the misuse of, of BEE and, and that only a few people have benefited mm. from this. Yeah. Yeah. And then, you know, I mean, if it, was it a month ago we moved from uh, broad-based uh, economic uh, empowerment back mm. to, to the, the first – you know, what are we doing? I don't know. Um, so it's it's difficult also for me, and I'm not a I'm not a I, you know I don't have too much knowledge about um, politics, and I, I, mean, I read what yeah. other people see, uh, what other people um, write and, and say about these things. But I'm a concerned citizen, and 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 the the core of that core of that concern is is, is the corruption, unfortunately. I suppose uh, the thing that Madiba taught us that we can still use today. And sorry, man, it's not about um, it's, it's not really about. Policy or legislation, it's a, it's a hard condition. I think mm. if, if all of us, and, 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 and I mean all of us, we just, we, we can't just look at our leaders, but we all cared for our fellow man, a lot of things would change. I want to I want to tell you a story, and it was in 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 the newspaper, in the Afrikaans newspaper yesterday, I think, about um, what I said at a leadership conference in in the Free State this week. Uh, people obviously ask me what would Madiba have said about corruption, and I say to them, I can't say, and I can't put words in his mouth. Yeah. But yeah. I can tell you a story that uh, something that happened in Kuwait, and um, one of his security guard guards um, nabbed a, a small bar of soap from his bathroom, and he held court in his in his in his in his bedroom. That night, and he wanted to call Jackie Silebi. He was still the commissioner. He wanted to call Jackie to have all his security guards fired that night because someone stole something. Someone was not to be trusted. Wow, just a bar of soap, eh? uh, Just about a bar of soap. So I said mm. to people, if that's how Madiba felt about a bar of soap, imagine you, what he would have said about to make your own yeah, um, yeah. maths yeah. with that. Yeah. So, so it is about that integrity above board, and uh, he would then leave that hotel without touching any of the items in his room. Um, sure. you, but, you know, and it was all Bulgari. We were in Kuwait, so it's oil money, and we, it was all Bulgari. So wow. I would have had a hard time working for Madiba. Wow. <laughs> exactly. So you, wow. you, you, you think you, you, and he didn't mind you taking your stuff from your bathroom, but not from his. Because sure. that means someone, someone, well, there was a trust issue. Yeah. Um, so that is how he felt about integrity and honesty. I will completely, 
um, uh, uh, intolerant of dishonesty. Yeah. That was the line. If you were once dishonest in, uh, or dishonest in any situation, that was the end of the relationship. Sure. So the, that then should tell us how long you guys have been together in terms of, of that relationship. And, and so the, 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 you know, I did, like I said, I did some homework on you. Mm. And, and then I did some homework on some other people who are very close to you. You mm. know, obviously you getting around the world and understanding other, other presidents, uh, secretaries, mm. uh, has it not, I mean, whatever happened to, to the union of, let's say, uh, Bill Clinton secretary, mm. um, the other presidents, because I know there was, there was talk that you guys wanted to, 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 you know, do some sort of crisis management. Sure, from a but global you are good. Yeah. Where yeah. did you hear that? Or where did you find this? Don't you worry. I've got my sources. But now, yeah, now I'm very I mean, impressed. I okay? mean, what have you guys mm. done with that? Because the world needs that. I can tell you right now. You know what? Some of them got so rich. <laughs> no, <laughs> I don't think they are interested in partnering, partnering with me um, any longer, but I'm still in touch with most of them because it was also an era in which we all worked for very, very powerful people and we yeah. learned a lot from one another and we were all rookies. And young yeah. and made mistakes and, and, and learned from each other's mistakes. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, for, for instance, President Clinton's people, there's still people obviously working with him still. And, and we talk regularly about establishing something yeah. um, once they stop working for him. And, um, the same with, um, Tony Blair's people. Yeah. Um, but then also uh, business people, people who worked for Oprah and so on. You, yes. Now you know everything. But yeah, we'll establish something and we'll try something in the future. I think also with the publication of my book now, the time is not right for me to do that right now right, and um, right. it's probably the next step um, yeah in my life and has any other president approached you to 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 take on that role um, no they haven't uh, I was interested at some point to go and work um, on the Obama campaign years ago when Madiba you know started not working any longer yeah um, but then I I, des- I decided against it and I'm um, yeah I'm in touch with all these people but you know it's very difficult because I work for such a special man and if you compare, if I compare my Diba with any of them, right? Um, they, you know, his light is just so much brighter than any of them, and it would be very difficult because I would be unfair to them. I would compare them to him all the time. Yeah. So I don't think when when you had an opportunity like this and an experience like this that you do ac- want to work for any other president again. Okay. And then we've got Kaya on Cliff Central who says, uh, "Would you? When is the sequel to your book?" <laughs> I think I'm gonna get, I'm gonna I'm gonna write a a, 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 um, a cookbook next. Uh, um, cookbook. <laughs> I can help oh. you with that. Stop the show. No. Stop know, the show. Zelda's out. Okay, yeah, we can Zelda out. No, cookbook. No, not really. Um, no, there's a lot more to be said, but um, it's a process, and 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 I want to make sure that um, there's a lot of nice stories that I've also forgotten. For instance, things that happened, uh, you know, in my time with Madiba, things that I can't can talk about. And after the publication of my book, those things I remembered. Some of that, th- those things. So uh, maybe I'll write about that and include include also what happened to me since Madiba's passing and, and those experiences and how I've also changed through this process. Yeah, so maybe. But um, you know, the second book is never as good as the first book. So I'm also scared. Not of, necessarily. Yeah. So, but actually speaking about that, and and now this is where it gets interesting uh, because we also have to do a lot of style tips and all that yes, stuff. But. Yes. Um, I Obviously, working for Madiba, you had to have a thick skin to begin with. And yeah. like you said, after you wrote the book, 
there there was obviously criticism and even on social media not so long ago there was a lot of criticism of you how do you handle that how do you keep going um what advice do you have for people who sometimes also want to talk about stuff because South Africans sometimes we feel like we can't talk about something because then I'll be criticized and that's the end of me you know we, we, mm. we sometimes have such a low self-esteem that mm. we can't be criticized mm. uh, how do you handle that you should surround yourself with good people good friends you know mm. um, because uh, uh, comments and criticism is not is not it's not always it's not a determining factor No one can define you You only define yourself mm, We mm. all make mistakes We apologize I mean mm. That thing that you're referring to The Twitter thing Half the country is angry at me For what I said The other half is angry Because I apologize So what am I supposed to do? Yeah, <laughs> you uh, know uh, uh, um, uh. But it's, it's I have such good friends And I've got such wise friends And they had to remind me And, and I still learn from them And they've been there long um, uh, Well at the time that my, I was working for my diva They've always been there And they've always been this stable force in my life So I depend on them uh, To give me guidance And to tell me Hey you've made a mistake now Yeah yeah, yeah. And also just to realize That actually at the end of the day You do good You do bad You will be criticized either Absolutely. way But you got to do something Absolutely. And I think because we are A democracy And it's a, it's a free country And we have freedom of speech mm. We also have to be Have to allow each other That space to, Okay Air your Make views your But yeah. also understand yeah. That yeah. I'm going to air mine And that's just how it is Exactly Alright exactly. Well what okay. did you want to talk so, about? Because so, now so. we've got like what to do on Mandela Day unless there's something more pressing. Yes, Zelda, okay. I wanted to find out. So we've got about 15 questions for you. Mm. Okay. And 10 minutes. Okay. So let's move okay. it along. In, in, in yes. Actually, she needs to answer in 90 seconds. Okay, okay. cool. I hope, you're, I hope you're timing. Let me get a timer on. Give me yeah. one second. And 90 seconds start now. Okay. What was your favorite food when you were a child? Chips. Chips. Slap chips. Simba chips. Simba. Simba chips. What was your what is the number one most played song on your iPod? Um at this stage we'll, uh, it's something from Maroon Five. I don't know I don't I can't remember the name, but it's Maroon Five. What's one of your favorite quotes? To test a man's character, give him power. What is your favorite indoor outdoor activity? Indoor um reading, outdoor motorbike riding. Uh what chore do you absolutely hate doing? Chore. Washing dishes, dishes. What is your favorite form of exercise? Um, spinning and walking. What is your least favorite mode of transportation? Least favorite mode. Um, being driven by my brother. What's your favorite body part? <laughs> Yours and not mine. Mine, right? mine, my own body your part. Your own. My own body part. I think my face. Yeah. What so sound do you love? Vanity. Sound. Yes. Silence. Which cele- which celebrity do you get mistaken for? None. What do you want to do when you grow up? Not what I'm doing now. <laughs> when you have 30 minutes of free time, how do you pass the time? 15 seconds to go. Um, spend time with my dogs. What would the name of the of your autography be? Um, good morning, Mr. Mandela. <laughs> what song is included in your soundtrack to your life? Uh, time. Time. Sure. Yeah, I know. I don't know. Zelda, you did good. You did good. How many? 
How many questions did I do? You, out of 20 questions, you answered 18. All right, okay, cool. Not, not well, here's what to do on Mandela Day, just in case you are not going on the Bikers for Mandela Day initiative with Zelda Lechranchi. You can donate food or clothes, you can plant a tree, you can help out at a children's home or report a crime. It's that simple. No matter how small the action, Mandela Day is about changing the world for the better, just as Mr. Madiba did every single day. And now, in terms of the Bikers for Mandela Day, this is one of the many activities taking place place under the broader Mandela Day campaign. Yep. So throughout the journey, the bikers will be distributing whistles to the organizations they visit in support of Blow the Whistle, an anti-rape and women abuse organization. So if they come to your town, your city, your neighborhood, make sure that you go out there and you see them. Yes. And speaking of gadgets, actually, because it's a gadget that keeps coming up. Did you know, Monobisi, that you can buy a car diagnostic kit that works with a smartphone to find out what's going on with your vehicle? It's basically the same thing that they do at these the German uh, uh, car dealerships, dealerships when you take yeah, your car yeah, in for yeah. a service. So the kit, it comes with... Uh, either Wi-Fi or Bluetooth connector. So you plug it into your car's computer system. It then transmits data to your smartphone and it can tell you what's wrong with your car so that you don't have to go to these guys and then so they tell you what's wrong with it. Now. Yeah, I yeah, no, get them. rid of them. Motor plans are more. Uh, oh, by the way, by the way, uh, speaking of motoring, uh, there's this new bike, man. It's called the, I think it's, I don't know how to pronounce this properly though. Zelda, are you sponsored by BMW? Mm-mm, I no. think we should change that. So you have to drive, no, you have to ride you know, your own bike. You know what? I don't want to be sponsored by anyone because then I've got ob- obligations and that mm. makes me very anxious. No, but so. just to give you a bike. No, I've got my own bike. Why do I need, I don't need another bike. I like that. That's my philosophy right now. Huh. Uh, no, people, I don't want to be. I, I don't want to be held at ransom by anyone. So. Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. but there's this bike, right? That but we thanks. must get for you. Okay, we're gonna work on it. Okay, it's let's, called let's the Bienville Legacy. Okay, it's possibly we're gonna get your bike. Okay, the Bienville okay, Legacy. Okay. It's possibly the most interesting motorcycle ever made, and it's the newest creation of JT Nesbitt. Okay, now this is the guy who brought us the Confederate Wraith. I don't know if you ever saw that bike, but it's beautiful. Amazing. The thing is, this bike costs like four million bikes, one obviously. So we're gonna have to work very hard. Let's revisit. Okay. Can we hire you a bike for it? No, give me a scooter then. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Yeah. So um, we got somebody on uh, on WeChat, and it actually is Kaya says, "Can we talk about Madiba shirts for a sec, please?" Sure. Okay. <laughs> what, what do we want to know about Madiba? Yeah, Where can we like, get Madiba shirts? <laughs> well, there is a company in Cape Town that actually manufactures them, and um, it's called the Pre- President Shirt. And I see they're also for sale at the um, airport in Johannesburg. Yeah, yeah. Right. Now they're yeah. The, ambassador. the ambassador. That's right. That's right. right. So that's beautiful shirts. The, the shirts actually started um, with the, this the. The cut of the shirts uh, started with um, the, the tailors that made Madiba's clothes when he was in prison or, you know, his suits and so on when mm. he had to go and see the apartment oh, okay. people. So that's how it started. And then they started making him these loose shirts, but just um, uh, uh, not as colorful. And then when he went overseas to Indonesia and so on, he liked that print and then the shirts. Mm. That's how mm. it started. So basically, he, he, he got into the shirts because he didn't want to be too formal as a president. He wanted mm. to be someone who was approachable, mm. right? That's right, right. That's right. Yeah. Oh, well, that's an interesting story But if you're talking about Style tips actually yeah. And uh, you want a really great uh, Leather jacket Especially if you're going I think if you're going to go Biking with If you're going to go You're going to need, an, need one jacket. You know there's a classic jacket You know with a nice silhouette It's kind of like It's good for the slim types Like yourself you know yeah, yeah, yeah. And then there's the bomber jacket For guys like me You know the big guys yeah, the, yeah, the muscular the gifted, guys Young and gifted Yeah so if you've got big shoulders This is a good one for <laughs> big you Big shoulders <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't thinking shoulders, buddy. Yeah, but you know my shoulders are bigger than yours. Yeah. Why you gotta go there? Yeah, Zelda, a quick one. Do you? Are you? Is anyone allowed to come on 
the on the ride with you? I mean, is it closed off? Can, Unfortunately, can it's closed off now because we've had to make bookings and so on at hotels and guest houses where we stay, and there's a lot of planning and logistics involved. Um, so we had to close the bookings about I think a month and a half ago. Okay. Um, but people can still at the projects come and join us. So in Beaufort West, for instance, if you're close by and you've got a motorbike, you can come and join us there. And, and yeah, they come can come and join for the day, right? Yes, yes. So okay. in in, in Isla and George. So tell us so where you're going to be going actually and the dates. Okay. The, the se- yeah, the seventeenth, um, Friday, the morning. Uh, we start at nine o'clock at the at the school, the Dikitla School in Dikitla School in Beaufort West. That's nine o'clock, three o'clock that afternoon at the Pambili Refuge in George. Um, Saturday morning, Mandela Day. Then at nine o'clock at the Vermont Old Age Home, and at ten thirty at the Chris Harney Community Center in Do- in Damse Bos Township outside Naisna. And then Sunday, three o'clock Sunday afternoon, we are. That's the 20th and 19th, sorry. Um, three o'clock, we are at the Tessa New Beginning Center in Bloemfontein. All right. Well, you heard it for yourselves. We're going to be yeah. getting out of here. Mandela Day is happening on the 18th of July. Make sure that you're a part of it. From us at Black Life, my name is Dimitri Masha, and it's been an absolute pleasure. And I'm on BC. See you next week. All right. We're out of here. We'll see you next week when we come back. Cliffcentral.com.